The scriptures are from Ephesians 6, 10 to 20. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, and fasten the belt of truth around your waist, and put on the breastplate of righteousness. As shoes for your feet, put on whatever you will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. With all of these, take the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times in every prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert and always persevere in supplication for all the saints. Pray also for me, so that when I speak, a message may be given to me to make known the boldness of the mystery of the gospel, for which I am ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it boldly as I must speak. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So one of the um, gifts that um, God gave to me this summer was some time away with family. We enjoy spending time together. And then uh, this past week I spent a few days in silent retreat at the Weston Priory, which is a Benedictine community in Vermont. And Benedictine Christians have been worshiping in a certain way and living in community in a certain way since the 4th century. And uh, it's really helpful, in some ways, those of you who, who know the Taze community, Taze was modeled after a Benedictine spirituality set up by a Protestant named Brother Roger. He was a young Protestant seminarian. And um, he wanted to explore living as a Benedictine, which is a balance, a rhythm of uh, getting up early in the morning, praying, eating together in silence, working together for the good of the community and the good of the world, uh, praying again in midday, eating together in silence, working, praying, eating, praying, and then at the end of the evening, the final prayer is uh, what begins what is called in monastic communities the great silence, which is when everybody who's there, the guests and the brothers and the sisters, um, continue the worship, but when they leave the sanctuary, they uh, go into silence. And they, you know, it, it's, it's remarkable what, uh, it, how, how 
life-giving that silence can be because it's continuing the conversation with God, just not in the sanctuary. And uh, I found myself getting up with the sun and going to bed when the sun went down. It was good to be in that rhythm. Um, I checked my phone once a day. I would call Julie and the kids um, and check in with them. And if there was a pastoral emergency, I I responded to that. Um, But I didn't wear my phone until the last day when I was coming home. And I must tell you, there's some real wonderful spiritual gift in disconnecting from our phones, from the news, from social media. Uh, Richard Foster in Celebration of Discipline wrote, it's good to, to fast from some of these things every once in a while. If the world is going to end, somebody will tell you. <laughs> so I was in that space, and the last day I was, I was walking, uh, I was just getting ready to, to leave, and I was walking through the woods, um, and that week I had spent a lot of, part of my job that week to help the community was working with the bees. They have beehives there. And I had never done that, and I'm going to preach about that some other time. But um, overcoming my fear of bees was a significant spiritual movement for me. <clears throat> and also, as I was walking through the woods, there were these big cicadas on the trees. Can you picture cicadas? When they molt or shed or whatever the term is, they leave this really ugly-looking carcass stuck to the tree, and they're not pretty-looking. And cicada killers are even more intimidating. Cicada killers are like, uh, they look like a hornet that's about that big. So I see some of these on the trees as I'm walking through the woods. And all of a sudden, I hear this. And, And I instinctively started doing this. It was my phone. (laughs) So I laughed at myself and answered the call. Uh, I want to thank you for um, your prayers. Some of you told me that you were praying for me, and I appreciate that. I also want to thank you for entrusting to me some of your prayers. You gave me little sheets, some of you, with what to pray for you. And I thank you for your honesty and your vulnerability and for entrusting me with your prayers. Some of these were very personal prayers, and I, uh, I prayed those prayers every day, and I prayed for you every day, and for those people and prayers that I didn't have written down in our congregation. The prayers included um, your concerns and worries about neighbors, about friends, uh, about family members, worries about health, work, facing unknown futures, losses, sadness, anxiety of various kinds. Uh, And as I was praying for these prayers, I was listening. I was doing more listening than speaking because prayer of spoken word gets us into the ballpark. But the prayer of listening is where the real action is. And so I was listening for a word from this mystery that we call God for us as a congregation and for us as individuals in in light of these prayers. And I heard a very profound, uh, I didn't hear it with my ears, but I heard it with the ears of my heart that said, uh, God is, is with us and is closer than the very air we breathe.
And God is with us in the struggles that I just mentioned. Before I went up to the Weston Priory, I was planning this worship service and this preaching moment and um, listening for God in the scriptures that Janice read to us from Ephesians, which was written sometime in about the early 60s AD. And I had one sermon prior to the Priory prior to the Weston Priory, and another sermon after the visit to the Priory. Um, and I was trying to decide which one was really of God, and I discerned that because we're all in different seasons of our lives, we're all going through different uh, spiritual landscapes, they both might apply to someone. So I'm going to whittle them both down. When the Apostle Paul writes about Um, putting on the full armor of God. He was writing to a community of Christians that was under duress, under pressure from Rome and from the empire. And the empire spoke a language of violence and intimidation. So, it makes sense for the Apostle Paul to use metaphors that are militant and that are describing an armor that protects the early church and the early Christians. Some of the metaphors he uses when he says, put on the armor of God, he also says, fasten the belt of truth around you. Even the word truth is now seemingly up for grabs because we're no longer dealing with a shared list of facts. But in the spiritual realm, truth is truth and cannot be refuted. And if it is true here, it is true everywhere. Gird yourself with the belt of truth. Paul writes, put on the breastplate of righteousness. Do you see the protection image of that military use? The breastplate of righteousness. He says, take with you the shield of faith. Do you sense that the early Christians felt like every day was a battle? Along with the shield of faith, He said, put on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. He was encouraging the early Christians to be ready for a spiritual battle and using metaphors that were common in the Roman Empire. Now, when I was listening to those images and listening for a word from God, I heard God saying, let's, let's protect that which is sacred. Let's protect that in us and in the Christian faith and story that is essential. Um, what might we be protecting? What the Holy Spirit does in us. And that is get us in touch with things like love, joy, peace. 
And perhaps the Apostle Paul is saying, protect that in you that is loving, joy-filled, peace-filled. Perhaps that armament was to protect that sacred part of our souls that is in touch with patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. And perhaps that armament is to keep us grounded in the fruits of the Spirit that are within us already. But sometimes when we get into life, our defenses go so high and so quickly up that we're no longer in touch with the fruits of the Spirit that are within us. The love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the gentleness, the faithfulness, the self-control. And perhaps the armament of God, the armor of God, can keep those things healthy in us and in the church. That was sermon number one. Sermon number two was this. For me, being steeped in silence and having time spent in creation up in Vermont, working in the garden, weeding, having my knees and hands and knuckles get caked with dirt and mud, working among the beehives, walking home from prayer at night with a big sky, with very little light pollution, and seeing the stars, and even the planets. Did you see the planets that were aligned this past week? Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, full moon. It was something that I think we all need and that is to zoom out and see that we are a small part of a very big cosmos. That we are a small but vital part of something big that God is doing that is far more mysterious than any of us can understand. Spending time with Christians who were prioritizing listening with the ears of their heart. That is in the rule of Benedict. To listen with the ears of our hearts. Spending time in a Christian community that values welcome, welcoming the stranger as you would welcome Christ. That is their hallmark. And we who were guests, men and women, young and old, were welcomed with that kind of holy expectation. And it was deeply moving to receive that kind of hospitality, to be with Christians who are tender and gentle in their faith, led me to a a different understanding of this armor of God. And it led me to discover what the Apostle Paul recommends for our shoes. He says this, As shoes for your feet, put on whatever makes you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. 
I don't know what that will look like for each of us. But the, the shoes, whatever shoes we wear, God is hoping that it will help us proclaim a gospel of peace. And so I was thinking about Jesus. What kind of armor did he wear? One of the most profound items of clothing for Jesus was that he girded himself with a towel and he washed his disciples' feet. Maybe that is the most important armor we can wear in our families, in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods, in our church, is a towel with which we can serve one another and serve a world that is longing for peace. May it be so for you and for me and for us as we seek to follow Jesus the Christ together. Amen.